there. Welcome back. I'm Karen Hall, your host of the Hero Within podcast. I'm passionate about sharing inspiring true stories of unsung heroes who've overcome some of life's most challenging adversities. Come along with me and learn how you too can find hope and healing to return to love. Today, in part one, our guest Angela Gilman, the host of Let's Design a Life of Joy podcast, is going to share about some experiences that she went through that were very challenging. Angela shares about these challenging experiences and miracles that she also received. Her husband lost his job a few years before the pandemic. He looked and looked for a new job, and they managed for about a year and a half But then they had exhausted all their savings, and they had to sell their wonderful home that they loved and move in with her sister. The problem was that her sister lived next door, and every day she was reminded about her home that she had to give up. Eventually, Angela started to feel depressed. And you know, a lot of us are dealing with mental health issues with the pandemic. And today on the podcast, Angela shares how she dealt with all of that, and I know you're going to enjoy today's episode. I am a storyboard artist. I work at Nickelodeon on a preschool show called Baby Shark. I've always been an artist ever since I was a little kid, but I remember watching Disney cartoons because that's what I loved and thinking, I'd love to do that someday, but I could never get the mouths to match the sound. To me, that seemed impossible. And I had ruled it out as a career at that point. And then um, I started in feature animation. I did traditional animation. I worked on the Iron Giant for Warner Brothers. And I worked on the Tigger movie for Disney and Sinbad Legend of the Seven Seas for DreamWorks. And then I switched to storyboarding. Basically, it's the first visual interpretation of the script. You listen to the recordings, if there's any voice recordings, you look at the script And then your job is then to visualize everything. You're the set designer, you're the cinematographer, you're designing the props, you're doing everything. And it's a really fun job. And then the animators will use that for reference because the animation process is really expensive. And so you can figure out a lot of things ahead of time and fix things before it goes further down the pipeline. That's an interesting combination of organizational skills and foresight and artistry. So tell us more about your personal story. Okay. Well, a few years ago, just before the pandemic, my husband lost his job. They laid off all the people who'd been working there for a long time, which really sucked. And it's really not easy to be a middle-aged white male out of work. So he was having a hard time finding work and we managed for like a year and a half. And then it got to the point where It was just not doable anymore. And it was like, we had exhausted all of our savings. He still wasn't working. I was the only one working, but I had these projects that were short-term, like it'd be 12 weeks or it'd be 10 weeks. So we decided the best thing to do would be to sell the house and move in with my sister and her husband and her two kids. The only bummer about that was it was right next door to my house. Like I had to see it every single day. And then on top of once the pandemic hit, like I can't network anymore. I can't go out. And there was um, a director that I'd worked with who reached out to me and he said, I can get you hired. And then I started working on the actual storyboards and I couldn't edit the drawings. I couldn't do it. I couldn't figure out how the thing worked. So I was having a really hard time keeping up. And then on top of that, one of the prop designers left and I was like, I've never done props before. So then I start doing that and realizing I just don't know anything about any of this. So, and I really didn't want to lose this job, only one working and I would work all day, just Googling 
researching and trying to learn the program. And then I would work all night doing my work and I would sleep very little. And I just kept doing this. And there were some days where it was so bad. There was one that I ended up working 32 hours straight right through just to get things done. I was so exhausted. I was hallucinating by the time I got done, but I was like, I am not letting my kids down. There's no way that I'm giving up. And so I just kept pushing through and pushing through. And then luckily, thank God, got through that job and then got other jobs that were easier. And then finally, after we'd been at my sister's for about nine months, my husband finally got a job. So then we're all excited. Like, yeah, we get to move, right? No, (laughs) because then we started looking for houses to rent. And that was when the housing crisis was really like hitting hard and really bad. So everywhere we went, people were going to pay a year's rent head, which we couldn't do because you know, we're just getting on our feet. And so finally, by a miracle, just about a year, we found this house that we're in now. And the guy who owned it seemed like he wanted a family here. And so we lucked out just by a miracle. So now we live in a great house in a better neighborhood. We live up in the hills. We have a swimming pool. We have a beautiful view and palm trees in the backyard. And we live in LA. So it's perfect. It's like, it's really, really. Yeah. So yeah. So we're really happy now. But it was during that time period though, I couldn't cope. I was just miserable because I wasn't getting any rest. I wasn't having even time with my family. I'm trying to deal with my kids homeschool while I'm working just all the chaos going around and my sister's family and their house is tiny. So we're all cramped in there and just like, we can't leave. We can't go anywhere. We can't go out. Everything's closed. So I started getting really depressed and I was like, I'm going to lose my mind if I don't do something. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I got to do something. So then I had an audible subscription on my phone. So I just started downloading audiobooks and looking for things. And I found a book called Joyful. And I was like, that seems perfect. So I started listening to it. And it was a designer who wrote the book. And she started talking about how you can find joy and just little things you can do in your environment to brighten it up. And just listening to it, it changed my mindset. I was like, wow, this is fascinating. I got so interested in it. So then I found this other book called The Book of Awesome. And that book was like a miracle for me because it's all about little things that are awesome. Like you go to a restaurant and the waitress just knows to refill your tea before you run out. And it's like, awesome. And then just pulling into a parking lot, the spot the first time, perfectly awesome. And then you start thinking about all day long, little things that happen. They're like, perfect. You're like, awesome. This is like in the book of awesome. You start kind of looking for it. So it's just little things like that, that I pieced together And then just being in the space of just listening to somebody else talk about joy, even I'm getting all emotional. It just, it puts you in that mindset, kind of takes you out of where you are and it just helped. It helped a lot. So. Right. It probably felt almost like a friend that was kind of giving you advice. Yeah. And I still think about things every day like that. And the reason he wrote that book was because his wife had told him that she wanted a divorce at the same time, a friend of his had committed suicide. And he had gotten divorced from his wife and he was really depressed. So he was looking for little things to put in. So he just started writing a blog and then it just grew on its own. And and all of a sudden he got offered a book deal and it really resonated with people. Yeah, it was interesting to hear his story. It was like he found that for himself. That is really interesting. It was like his little secret sauce. (laughs) Totally. Wow. 
So I'm curious. It sounds like you felt some pressure being uh-huh. the breadwinner and yeah. yeah, especially when you're not getting a steady thing, you know, it would just be like, oh, I just started a job. I got to look for another job. And so it's just constantly. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. right. So many of us are struggling with moments of discouragement. Sometimes those moments last for a long time. And, mm-hmm. and just the fact that you were able to say, I'm going to go look on Audible for a book mm-hmm. <laughs> that has to do with joy. There's some resourcefulness right there. Yeah, I think everybody I've ever known at some point has hit like rough patches that they've had to get through. And I guess I know a lot of positive people. So I think that helps. Like definitely my twin sister and then examples of people in history and stuff like that. I love reading biographies. So I get fascinated with various people through history who have come through tough times and done things. Mm -hmm. After going through that experience of losing your home and your husband being out of work and having to kind of scramble yourself to keep your jobs and different things. Do you feel like it changed the way that you look at things? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And it's not like I didn't really appreciate my home. I always did. I loved it. I absolutely loved that house. Mm -hmm. But um, now it's like, there's so many days when I'm like, I have this whole bathroom to myself. I have like my own space. I have my own things because all of our stuff was in storage. So I love the fact that I can have my personal things around me and a closet that's mine and just things that you would take for granted. I think it makes a big difference. That's a beautiful example because I'm sure your gratitude is on an even deeper level, even though you were grateful before. I'm sure that the little things, like you said, being able to have the bathroom to yourself, that you know, you might not value as highly if you hadn't gone through that. But I think that adds to your joy as well because that appreciation is deeper. I wondered if growing up, do you remember your parents teaching you about resilience or watching them go through anything? Yeah. So one thing that's popping into my head is that at one point my mom got really sick and I was in college in Los Angeles. And so my parents were up in Washington and my mom got really, really sick unexpectedly. And we were told she was not going to make it past like a week and a half or two weeks or something. It was like, all of a sudden it was like, what? Really? So we went up to see her and said, oh yeah, it's cancer. We're not going to be able to operate on it. She's too sick. She's too weak. There's just nothing we can do. And I was talking to my dad and he's like, no, she's going to be fine. And I was like, I don't know, dad. And he's like, no, she's going to be just fine. I talked to my mom. She's like, they don't know what they're talking about. I'm going to be just fine. I was like, okay. I'm like, you know what? If this is their mindset, that's fine. It's not going to hurt anything. And I just left it at that. And then Two weeks went by and she was still alive. And then a month went by and she was still alive and doing better. So they said, okay, we're going to go ahead and do some scans and see now that you're doing better, if we can operate. So when they did the scans, the only thing that was left where the cancer was, was a little tiny scar. That was wild. I was like, what, how can that be? You know, it was like, that's a freaking miracle. So that was back in the early nineties and my mom just passed away a few years ago. And so that made me think, wow, like your mind's like a pretty powerful thing. That's a pretty amazing thing. And then oddly enough, I had a dog who got really sick. The vet stuff wasn't working. We're trying everything and she was just getting sicker and sicker. I started looking like, I'm going to check like homeopathic vets or whatever. So I found one that did acupuncture and 
took her there when she got sick and she was better the next day. And I was like, what? Because at first I thought maybe it's just kind of the placebo effect, but I was like, she didn't know. She's just a dog, right? And it was consistently working all the time. And then they gave her some homeopathic things. And then when she would get into things that she was allergic to, she didn't get sick anymore. And I was like, that's crazy, right? I loved how Angela looked for joy in the little things and how she started a practice of celebrating awesome things every day. I was inspired by her positive mindset, and I loved how she celebrated the miracles in her life. We all need to hear some good news, and it was great to hear Angela's focus on looking for good things in her life. I was uplifted by her story, and I bet you were too. Stay tuned for more inspiration from Angela. Thanks for listening. I know you're busy. Did you know that you help spread the love by leaving a review and following? This helps increase our visibility so people can find us online. I really appreciate your help. I'm wishing you lots of love in your own hero's journey.